hello there. Welcome to Biblical Chili. Why don't you follow me and I'll find a place for you to take that load off. The boys are just about to start. If you've been here before, welcome back. But if this is your first time, let me fill you in on a few details. You see, we speak openly about the Bible and our daily walk with Christ. And it's our continuing prayer that everyone that walks through those doors grows a little closer to Jesus every day. And I tell you what, you came at a great time too. The boys are walking through the entire Bible from cover to cover, one story at a time. Speaking of stories, we'd love to hear yours. So why don't you tell us all about it in that box below called comments. And after this is all over, if you like what you heard, on the way out, there's a button called subscribe. It's red and it's got a little bell next to it. Oh, and tell your friends. Oh, 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 here we go. Here's a nice seat right up front for you. Now you sit down and get comfortable. And I'd like to sit here and talk to you and get to know you better, but that was the door. I got to go. Those boys had better get the lead out and get going. This crowd seems restless. I'm coming, I'm coming. Order up. All right, today, you guys, we're going to be talking about a relatively common story in Scripture. So this is going to almost cap off the story of Abraham. God approached Abraham. He said, okay, Abraham, you've just had your son of promise. And we went through this. How old was Abraham at this time? We talked about this last time. He was 100 when Isaac was born. When he was born. So God comes to Abraham and he says, okay, hey, listen, you've had your son of promise for a little while. Now I want you to do something for me. And he basically says, I want you to sacrifice him on a mountain. And I'll show you the mountain once, we, once you get there. And I want you to sacrifice your son, your only son. Abraham stands up and he actually, he, okay, I, I didn't know that you were one of these gods, but apparently you are. And I'm going to trust you. And he goes through with it. Toward the end of it, he actually said, God actually stops him from committing this, this sacrifice. Let's just go into this, and I'll, we'll read a little bit here. So this is uh, Genesis 22, verse 1. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and Abraham said, here I am. Then he said, take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Morai and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his son, I'm sorry, said to his young men, stay here with the donkey and the lad and I will go yonder and worship and we will come back to you. Okay, this was a three day journey. I just want to just toss this out to you guys. So God comes down and says, okay, I want you to sacrifice one of your sons to Abraham Abraham has three days to rethink this, and yet he still goes through with it. What Do you think that you could have enough, I guess, trust in the Lord, considering what Abraham has already been through, enough trust in the Lord to say, 
during those three days that you are still willing to go forward with all this. I always thought it was interesting that Abraham didn't hesitate. It says, and Abraham rose up early in the morning and he did exactly what God told him to do. Yeah. Trusted in God, but he didn't hesitate. Me, in all honesty, I, I, I would have found it hard. Abraham was of such faith that God promised him the son. He got the son. Okay, if you gave me the son and you said this, all this stuff was going to happen and you just told me to do this, okay. Well, the, hold on. The thing about the son, though, think about it. He actually did not trust enough that God was going to do what he was going to do because of all of the stuff, you know, with Ishmael and da, 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 you know what well, I mean? Like, up until that point, right. just by the way in, in which Isaac responded and i think a lot of people focus on abraham during this story i always like to focus on isaac isaac is right next to him during all this so he's going right he through doesn't him. argue with his dad he doesn't fight he doesn't you know he's like okay whatever you need not a problem sure i'll lay down no problem I'm sorry if my teenager was with me right now and I, <laughs> I'm going along. I'm okay. Hey son, God said he was going to do something with you, but you know what? Right now he told me to come over and kill you. Come on, let's go. Let's grab the wood. Oh yeah. I need you to take that wood here. Let's build the altar. Yep. Mm -hmm, yep. That's just as long as you, all right, perfect. Now go ahead and put the wood on there. Now climb up there. Okay. <laughs> well, hold on because we're going to get into this. It, it seems as though I mean, Abraham did not let Isaac know for some time about what was going to be sacrificed. Go ahead. But he also seen like the complete annihilation of what? Three cities. He actually seen the actual birth of his kid. He's seen all this other stuff. So at this point in time, if you like, I know at this point in time, we don't see anything about Jesus or anything like that, but it's just like, you've already seen these miracles where he goes and you barter with him. Your bartering already failed. Like, I, I feel like at this point in time, it's used car salesman act. That's done. <laughs> All right. There's a huge statement of faith here at the end of, at, at the end of verse five, where he, he knows he's not a, a guessing. He, he knows that God has came through, promised, came through, promised, and came through again and again and again. He's had over a hundred years of, of this experience. And so he knows God enough, and he trusts God enough, and he, he can pretty much tell when a test is underway. So when he has the confidence to say, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there, we will worship and we will come back to you. Right. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying he didn't have faith there, but the, the, I, I won't, don't think I could have had that much faith. I personally, I, I probably would have struggled quite a bit with this situation. I, I mean, after all the stuff he's been through, yeah. I mean, this guy definitely had a lot of faith. I've seen God do a lot of stuff too. I still struggle with my faith dealing with some of the stuff that I deal with. It amazes me how much faith he had. Now, let me ask you this, Mike. How much would that change if uh, you've had physical interaction and conversation with Christ? I honestly think I honestly think it wouldn't change much in that regard. Honestly, Tom, it, it, I'm just I'm amazed at what he's doing here. And the point I think, like I said, I like to look at Isaiah, or, or not Isaac, as Isaac. His dad was doing something right. Now Abraham, what he's saying, even though it doesn't make a lot of sense, they're going. He said it, so I'm going to do it. 
keep in mind, though, guys, the series of events here, we haven't actually been through this. Isaac, up to this point, does not know what's happening. because He doesn't. Let me, he's just yeah. listening to his dad. Right. He's just doing what his dad said. <laughs> Because obviously, and this is quite obvious, I think you got to tease it out of Scripture, but it's, I think it's obvious where Isaac has obviously worshipped with Abraham so many times that it's like, oh, okay, so we're just going to go to Mount Moriah and we're going to go build an altar and we're going to go worship on it? Okay, Dad, yeah, let's, let's go. Let's go worship God. Right. So I mean, let, me, let me read a little bit more. Maybe we can tease out this in the Scripture. Verse 6, it says, So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. Okay, now hold on. So we're talking about this child is probably between, what, six and maybe nine years old, something like that? Mm-hmm. Does that sound about right? Yeah, pretty okay. close to that. I'm just, I'm just trying to paint a picture here. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. Then he said, look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? So he's sniffing, sniffing something out here. Something's not, not fitting the way we used to worship. Verse 8, And Abraham said, My son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together, and then they came to the place of which God told them, and Abraham built an altar there, uh, and placed the wood on the altar and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took a knife to slay his son. Now stop right there. This is a young, it's not really a young young man. We'll say for all in, intents and purposes, let's just get a simple number. Let's say he was around 10. Okay. This kid, quite frankly, I'm sorry, could probably take his dad. His dad's pushing well over 100 years old here. So and yet his, he's 110. If we're going to go with his ages at 10, right, he's if 110. If we're 10, he'd be probably... I, I'm just saying the kid was not like a young adult as far as, far as I'm aware. I mean, he, he might have even been... My always outlook on it, he might even been close to like a very young teen, like even 12 or 13, somewhere in that area. Well, it's right, a possibility because, because of yeah. what he was doing in, the, in this situation. Right, and at the beginning of this chapter, it actually does say that... It basically gives a, a once upon a time because it says, right. now it came to pass. So they're there, and right now, Isaac figures out, oh. Right, and oh, you okay. know what's what I, that, what's what I was saying? It, at this point, he doesn't run. He doesn't get crazy. Doesn't, he doesn't bind him yeah, he and put ran. him on there. I mean, does it say where he binds him? Yeah. Abraham bound his son. This is a good picture of Christ, okay? And that's what he was essentially doing here. He was, he was again, showing what Christ was going to do in the future. Verse 8, and Abraham said, my son, and the way I read it here is, God will provide himself a lamb for yes. a burnt offering. Perfect. Um, if you think about how, how he's saying that, he's like, God himself is going to provide the lamb. Right, alluding that to lamb, alluding Christ to himself. Christ. Right, that is perfect. It just amazes to me. It's amazing how each individual thing is is emphasized. Christ, when he was put on the cross, he didn't fight the Roman shoulders. He laid down willingly. Yes, yes. they still bound him. Yes, they grabbed him and they put his stuff on him, and they put the nails on. Yep. Isaac here, he he could have ran away. He could have took off. There was nobody else there. It was that, just him and his dad. That year old man ain't going to catch know? that boy. Okay. And he could have left, but no, he understood 
that, hey, no, dad knows what he's doing. And I, I trust dad and I trust God. I've seen God interact. I know that my dad is, you know, he knows something's going to happen. He's trusting God. I trust God too. And to have that kind of faith and just say, okay, go ahead, dad, bind me up, put me on here. Right. Do so it wasn't just the, the faith of Abraham, but Isaac, as Isaac well. as well. Which one do you feel stronger faith wise? The man who's going to slay his son or the son who willingly gives of him slight of his yeah. life. That's a good, good question. What do you think, Tom? What do you think? Uh, who had the greatest faith there? Do you think it was a, a tie? I think Abraham was actually speaking in a, uh, a duality in this sentence because it was either a forecast or a, a matter of fact because he was promised Isaac right? Mm-hmm. for yes. a long time. He was promised Isaac. And so now God is just asking for him to come back. So it could be mean both that he has provided his own lamb in the sense that he told us Isaac was going to come and that he was going to be here. So he he's not ours to keep. It's ours to give back to him. And God will still keep his promise. But at the same time, it could be a hopeful, a faithful, God will provide knowing that this is the son that was promised to him. And this is the, the bloodline that's going to be more nu- numerous than the stars. And this is like a, a huge test of faith. So do you think, I uh, again, we'll reiterate uh, Sully's question to you. Do you think Isaac had more faith or do you think Abraham had more faith in this situation? Well, I think um, Abraham had more faith because at this point, it is a, uh, a blind allegiance to his dad because at six or seven years old, in those times, the patriarch ruled the roost. You did what he said. If you didn't, there was dire consequences. I don't think there was a, a faith. It was just the obedience on the, on the part of the child. On Abraham, it was a statement more of faith. Tom's got a point there because it would have been basically a, I don't want, I don't want to necessarily say blind obedience, but it was an obedience because a blind obedience denotes that somebody is doing it without any evidence. But Isaac has seen the evidence in his father's life. He has seen the faith that his father has and, and the reaction that God has had and the interaction that God has had at that point. We did an episode many months back about how to read the Bible. And one of the things that we brought out was putting yourself in the story. The thing is, is this was not uncommon in that area at that time. We talked about the Amorites, the Moabites, and um, the Philistines, and like all of these these different countries and these different uh, cultures, basically. Many of them, not all, but many of them would, in scriptural term, that actually says, make their child pass through the fire. And what that means, that is child sacrifice. Hey, God, Sully, if I'm God and, and you're you're worshiping me, well, okay, great. You gave me a chicken. Well, great. What 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 else could you give me? Then you give me a goat. Then you give me a whole cow. Then you sacrifice. You know what else can I sacrifice to you, God? And that, whoa whoa whoa. What about your own offspring? You know. And obviously, we've talked about this, and like we talked about in that episode, when it comes to uh, these other gods and stuff like that. Why that kind of stuff was so bad was because God knew that they were worshiping demons. They were not worshiping the one true God. And now all of a sudden, Abraham's getting a uh, a message from God that says, I want you to sacrifice your own son. So in his own mind, he's going to be like, oh, well, number one, I trust you. So even if I do sacrifice him, I know you can raise him. 
Like he knows that God's promises will be fulfilled one way they have or to another. Be. Right. They will be. Right. Yep. He knows that. So he's like, okay, that's like one justification in his mind. And number two, he, he's got this confusion of, I didn't think that you were that kind of God. If you know what I'm saying, like, I didn't think that you were that God because he sees all this happening around him. And God has never asked for more than a sheep out of him, you know, or maybe a goat. And I'm just saying, if we put ourselves in his shoes, we see that this is a much bigger deal than many of us may realize that he realizes that God can raise this child if he has to. He, but what God himself has made this promise. So God will not abandon that promise of, I will make your seed great in the land. And da, da, da. Let's, let's continue on with the story here. Verse 10. So, and Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. Verse 11. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked and there beheld, I'm sorry, there behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the Lord, uh, I'm sorry, the place the Lord will provide as it is said to this day. In the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. And the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will bless you, multiply, I will multiply your descendants as the stars and Stars are in the heavens and the sands of the sea on the shore. So this is just reiterating what his promise before. And your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. And in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. All the nations, by the way, uh, because you have obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned to his young, to this, to his young man. And they rose and went together to Bishheber. And Abraham dwelt in Bishheber. Okay. When we look at this, we see this. The ending obviously was a, was a very good ending. But yet, there is a time in Scripture when God specifically says that, and it, it happened during this time, during, I think I want to say it was in Joshua, because some of them were sacrificing sacrificing uh, their children. The, the other nations were sacrificing children. Uh -huh. And God actually says, he specifically said, I could be wrong on the book, but he specifically says, it never crossed my mind to have somebody actually suffer or actually sacrifice their child to me. Cause I and obviously I would say that's still true because guess what? He didn't he got it all this whole time planned. It was a test. To, he was yeah, he was tempting was he was tempting Abraham in a concept of testing him, trying him to to the point of are you willing to do what these other people are willing to do for their gods? Right. More than just a test. Do you think that this was put in there? And you, you alluded to it quite a bit, which is a parallel story of Christ. Do you I think do. it's more about that than just testing a man on his own faith? Of I, promise I think it would have been kept? both. See, I was thinking that because I was like, okay, he's technically testing him. God actually did this to himself anyways. And later down in the story where he's like, here you go. Here's my son. Do what you want. Like, right, with Christ. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is Christ was 
the one that actually got sacrificed. Yeah. Right. That's what I mean. God, God went to the point with Abraham where he stopped him, whereas God was willing to go all the way with it. And I, th- I think it, this is a perfect time to bring up in Scripture. It states that the sacrifice of bulls and goats or even angels cannot forgive sins. Listen, there's a deeper story here. God's saying, I'm the one that's going to take up this mantle of being the sacrifice. I am the one who is going to actually come down and be that perfect lamb. Do you think that Christ was sent down to save us all, to also fulfill the promise that God made to Abraham? Because we know that now we are only known as the seed of Abraham because the Holy Spirit is within us with that, that circumcision of the soul. Well, of the heart. Abraham showed his faith in willing to go through with the deed, and God saved Isaac and reiterated the promise. You know, and we're talking about parallels here. I'm looking at it as a continuation of, because he said that your, your, your seed shall... Uh, I mean, more numerous than the stars. And and so to get to that point, he knew that Christ had to come down and intercede on, on, on their behalf because they seen the erosion of what was going to be coming afterwards. Because now they're, they're really, you know, until Jesus' time, there was that dark period. Now Christ comes down to be the continuation of that promise, stir things up again. That way, the whole missions can get kicked get kicked off. The Pentecost, the the Great Counselor now resides in all those followers, the believers, that wouldn't be made possible without Christ's sacrifice, in which uh, Abraham's lineage could have died, his seed could have died. I don't think Christ was the continuation. I think he was actually the culmination. Of he was the fulfillment of that promise. He was the culmination. He was the the point. The be all end all. Right in the story. Right as we go down the line, we f- we find these parallel Christs in Scripture. So you go all the way down. Let's say to Joseph. Joseph was a living sacrifice. He was forced out of his home and put in just a terrible situation in Egypt. Eventually, an absolutely terrible situation. Then he became, guess what? The savior of his family. The savior of their lineage. And, and then you go all the way, let's, let's fast forward, you know, almost 500 years from there. You go all the way to Moses. And Moses was the same thing. He ended up becoming, all of the situations he went through, he ended up becoming the savior of his people through various things. And so we see these parallels all throughout Scripture of the Jewish faith system of what Christ was going to do when he came. So in, in, in these parallels, guys, I think this is, a, this is an excellent story. Is there any, like, last-minute uh, capstone you guys would like to toss on this story? Now, I'm, we're not going to cover the rest of this chapter, just, just as kind of a side note. It just kind of talks about the family of Nahor and kind of goes down um, some, limit, some lineage, talking about the brother of Abraham. So we're not going to talk about that too much. It's just another lineage. I can't imagine just sacrificing that. that I've been going through the motions, yeah. Yeah, it would have been, been just, very just taxing, to get up, man. like Mike said, just to get up in the morning. I would have been like, okay, what do you want for your last meal? Do you want to go play? Do you want to go do this? 
you know, because that kid uh, at this point in time, before he got to the moment where he was like, hold up, wait a minute, something right here. He would have been like at the morning, like, dude, what's wrong with you? Are you okay? Like, why are you looking at me like that? Like, why? Why? You know, that's the way I would have been. Like, that kid would have looked at me and goes, what's wrong with you? <laughs> what's 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 going on? What's going on? <laughs> why are you being so nice to me? Why am I getting cookies and cream cookie dough ice cream in the morning right now like what is wrong with you what is the situation tom what do you what do you got bud well i think that uh a good striking home message for this chapter is is to uh keep your eyes and ears open to the way that god works around you um understanding what his his fingerprint looks like understanding what his handiwork looks like um, a, a faith that has not been tried yet um, can't be trusted. So, you know, recognize those times in your life where your faith is tested and that, has, that God has come through and allow that to strengthen you to make these harder decisions. I like that. That's good. That's I good. Think that, you know, that's, that's exactly, you know, like I think a good wrap up for this. That is perfect. I like it. All right, Mike. Well, how about you lead us out in a word of prayer? Dear Lord, thank you so much for this wonderful evening. Thank you for uh, my brothers in Christ. Thank you for the ability to come and talk and fellowship and think about the things that you have told us and want us to learn about or, or share. And Lord, I pray you would just help us to help others, help us to be able to be a help to others. I pray you would inspire these words to help other people and uh, help somebody somewhere get a blessing or encouragement or or grow in their faith because they've heard what we said not not what who we are but your words through us lord and lord i pray you would just help and encourage people in your blessed name we pray amen amen, amen. well this has been justin this has been sully this has been mike and this is tom thanks so much for listening everybody we'll talk to you again next week as we continue our walk through the bible Well, hello, everyone. Now that this is all over, I hope you had a great time. Now, listen, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. I'm closing up. And the boys gave me this note to let you know you can get a hold of them on something called Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, podcast. Podcast? What are they, fishing for whales? Listen, folks, just look up Biblical Chili anywhere. I'm sure you'll be able to find them out there. And until, Lord willing, we'll see you again. May the Lord bless you. Goodbye. think they're still listening? I doubt it. There can't be that many people that listened all the way to the end of the track. Most will probably skip it. But in case you did, congratulations. You're one of the few. We love you. <laughs>